0: Um, there he is. There, there he is. Yeah.
1: Recorded live.
0: Good evening. This is Rich Bernardo. Welcome to tonight's edition of Daily Talk. Researcher One Three Five community call. This evening, we have Frederick Zippone of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is a return guest. He was on a couple of months back. That shows here in the archives, if you... Haven't heard it? You can listen to it this evening. Uh, Frederick Sapone will be talking to us about the causes of violence and how to end it. Good evening, Frederick Sapone. Good evening, Rich. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself?
2: I'm doing well. It's a little 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 humid up here in Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, it was about 90 degrees, which is a little high for us. But <laughs> other than that, it's uh, it's uh, you know it's a great day. So. Um, So I'm excited about this episode of your show because violence is uh, a subject that uh, uh, we read a lot about it, but we don't really have a lot of talk about solutions, so hopefully we can point to some solutions. We'll see what happens, but go ahead.
0: Absolutely, Frederick. It's definitely something that has plagued our society historically for many years on many different levels, Uh, everything from... Riots and rebellions to to the high crime rate that uh, is rampant nationwide. You know, there's been a lot of violent crime in, in every state, and I'm sure there are some root causes to this and some solutions. And uh, would be very interested, Fred, to to hear what you have to say about this subject.
2: Well, you know, I, I, from my standpoint, and in, in my background is I, I'm a I'm a great believer in love, not as some sentimental weakness, but as some real power, and I'm, and in particular, self-love. And and I have, you know, I, I, we all have violent urges. I mean, I I think that's programmed into us um, as part of our um, evolution of mankind. You know, there, there, so we have a fight or flight mechanism. And uh, I can remember early in my life I, um, that you know when I had a difference of opinion or things weren't going my way. Uh, I I would get very angry and and I would feel these really violent urges to do harm to people. But I, I, fortunately I I also realized that that was not the solution because it just creates another problem. And, and so I learned through, uh, through learning to love myself to actually the more I learned to love myself, the less I had those violent urges until today. I don't have violent urges at all. I mean, I I'm quite aware of violence and, and, you know, quite aware that, that what happens is violence oftentimes is a reaction, an emotional reaction to a situation. Uh, and so I think, you know, there's, there's, I don't know that there's any universal answer because it's kind of an individual thing. It's like I have handled violence in my own life. I am not a violent person. I choose not to be violent but because it doesn't give me a long-term solution. Uh, I will do whatever I have to do to back out of a violent situation. I don't care if they call me a coward. I don't care what they call me because an eye for an eye will do nothing but blind our society if, you know, if we keep on going that way. One of, the, one of the reasons I think we have a problem of violence is because nobody is taught how to manage their violent emotions. I mean, we have a culture. I mean, we have a, a history of a culture that says violence is the answer to problems. It starts with our government. You know, our governments believe in war. They're very violent things. And so if your role model is your government who believes in violence, then that kind of trickles on to the guy on the street. And and but the problem is it never solves anything. And it and when somebody does violence to another human being, it creates enormous problems for for a multitude of people. So how do we solve this problem? Uh and this right really here, can you you have raised
0: several interesting points that I would like to weigh in on briefly. And that is that aggression seems to peak, uh, particularly in males during early adolescence and some recognition of this in many, many school districts uh, has been to channel those young men into sports, particularly in the football programs, the idea of being you know, 14, 15, 16 year old males get them out there, rough housing and then in some instances uh, in many small communities and cities around the states, there's uh, something called the Police Athletic League or PAL that's here in my own city in fact where young men who, who do uh, run afoul of the law uh, you know, as juveniles, and they're channeled into this program where they can box, and they go in there and they have boxing matches. I'm not necessarily saying that is a, a solution for everyone or even necessarily the correct way that our society has gone about uh, doing it, but I think there is, has been at least some recognition of the need to channel the aggression of young men, and, and maybe boxing programs and, and organized sports like football are one of the ways in which it's been addressed, you know. As I say, maybe that's only a partial solution. Okay, go ahead, Fred.
2: So I I agree with you. That's one of the ways. And I, and I think the thing that has to be understood that 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 aggression is energy. In other words, we have we have enormous amount of energy inside ourselves, and it's always looking for a way to express it. And if we don't have a healthy way to express it, it comes out in unhealthy ways, which is either doing violence to other people or doing violence to ourselves. We have a whole subculture. Of people that do what they call self-harm you know they cut themselves they they nick themselves they slice themselves up They they do this because they're they're you know this is the way they're handling their energy and their aggression so so
0: you
2: know rather than making people wrong for feeling the way they feel rather than making people wrong for there's nothing wrong to feel violent it's acting on the violent feelings that's the problem
0: so Mm -hmm.
2: And for myself, and for the people that I work with, because I I have a program called uh, it's a, it's a self love program, and I've worked with thousands of people, and 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 including myself in particular, because if I can't live what I preach, then I shouldn't be preaching it. So I I walk the talk, and the thing that I've learned from self love is the more I love myself, the less desire I have ever had to harm anyone, to the point that I have no desire to harm anybody, and and, and I don't want to be harmed, of course but uh i had a I had a comment
1: to make yes okay. uh, if i could ahead, uh, yes, i sir. just recently spoke with a 27 year old black man and um, he said that up in chicago he said that it's just gone just insane up there uh with the violence uh of the young black youth there's 12 13 14 year old kids that are getting hold of guns and they're all all that is in their heads is to go and shoot the police and he said this is happening he said, this is true, and nothing is being done about it.
2: Do you, what do you, do you think, think about it? Well, yeah, do you think that the reason for this, the reason that they're, that they're getting guns and killing is because they're frustrated, because they don't, they don't see any other option or any other answer for the problems that they have to deal with in their, in their neighborhood? Do you think that's part of it?
1: Well, yeah, I'm sure that it is, and a lot of it I'm sure is the way that they're brought up. But it's like he told me he grew up in Chicago. Okay. In the bad places. And he said he's not like that. But it was because of the way that he was raised. But he said he knows others that are like that. And he said that, you know, it's something that he has never in all his years on the streets up there he has never seen before. Where they're just going out and, and shooting police or shooting anyone they wanna wanna shoot. Yeah, or walking days, up to people on the street and knocking them out. Just yep. just for for kicks and and giggles, I guess. Well, you know, it's, it's, so to someone like him that grew up on the streets of Chicago, like like I said, this is something he's never seen before. He said this amount of aggression is just unreal.
2: Yeah, I mean we're seeing that everywhere. We're seeing people commit all kinds of violent acts that are not, that, are, that make have, make no logical sense at all. Um, I think part of the problem is that with that I, I, one of the problems I think contribute well. I, there's actually this is two two things I think that contribute to violence. One, uh, we we live in a violent culture in the sense that the number of of TV shows, the number of movies movies dealing with violence is an incredible amount. The number of video games dealing with violence. I mean, we have glorified violence. We have with
1: we yeah. Like, well, we, our military glorifies it. Yeah, our country is glorifying. The military right now
2: i i agree uh you know
1: that it's like you know everybody that comes home is a hero and we will have long uh, we will have war as long as people keep glorifying it
2: well that's the stopping all ends i mean you know violence is what people resort to when they can't use their brain you know when they when they can't communicate effectively when they can't when they can't interact, you know, they, I mean, it's easy to be, I mean, it takes no courage to be violent. I mean, I, I could get violent if I wanted to, but but I, it doesn't solve anything. Uh, yeah, it, and, well, it, and
1: you realize that there's going to be consequences. And you were probably taught from the time that you were very young that there are going to be consequences for any actions that you take. Well, and yeah. a, a lot of it, I think, is in the way that the different way that people are raised.
2: Well, do, you, do you think the young people today that and I and it's, it doesn't it's not necessarily just blacks, blacks, whites, you know, Hispanics. It's, it's every nationality. So it's, it's it's really not a you know a, a race race issue as it is a cultural issue. But do you think the people that resort to violence, especially the young kids, do you think they're not aware of the consequences of their actions? Do you think? Uh, do you, I don't
1: think they care. That's all I can figure is I don't think they care.
2: Well, you know, one of the uh, you know they're just. I oh, yes.
1: also I also recently talked to a sheriff's deputy and he said that uh, – I'm not mentioning any race or anything, but he said right. it's a sense of entitlement. He said they – the ones, the criminals that are running around doing these kind of things, they all have this sense of entitlement. A lot of them – and he said probably 95% of them, they grew up on some type of state aid, you know, and it, it continues from, you know, their – their parent down to them and down to their children, and he said that that's an awful lot of. He said that's where the criminals are coming from. Well, I I, I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense or not. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it does. It does. I mean, I mean, obviously, if you think you're entitled and somebody's going to not let you have what you want, you know, you want to take it. But again, I think yeah. I think the I. Well, I, I I don't know I mean i i as I said, I've dealt with myself the violent energies because as as rich says when you're in your teens, especially for the males, our testosterone is very high and we and, and we're oh, yeah. very emotional and and, and 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 yes we we have a lot of aggression that that needs to be worked out I mean I played you know football for nine years, that's the way I worked out my aggression uh but I, but I. Sometimes I wonder if, if the kids that commit these acts of violence, if, if they do it out of feeling so hopeless and so powerless to have a better life. Well,
1: about
0: yeah. I will free
1: I tell you something. I've seen some people that are living on whatever you call it—welfare, state aid, or whatever—and they're driving around in big SUVs. And this is the truth. I've seen it. They're driving around SUVs. I was getting my nails done the other day. I'm a retired woman. And once in a blue moon, I go in and get my nails done. There was a woman that walked in with three of her daughters, and they all got the nails. They all got uh, their their, uh, manicures, pedicures. They had their eyebrows done. And we're not talking about, you know, these things aren't cheap, what they get. They get the jail nails, which are very expensive. When the woman paid, it was over $300. Oh
0: wow. I can't oh, wow. do
1: that, and I worked for a company for 38 years, and I can't do that. Wow. I wouldn't do that.
0: Right, right.
1: So you tell me, you know, that, you know, they grow up not having anything.
2: They have well, more I- than I did. Well, certainly, I, I the, you know, the thing is that, the, I mean, their value system is based on that violence gets them what they want, and and but we also have a problem with our what I think is our prison system. You know, you can't reform people by punishing them more. In other words, a per- person does wrong, and then you put them in prison, you treat them like dogs, and you treat them like animals. They're not going to come out being nice people. You know, uh, we we don't. There's no inducement for people to be nice. Uh, in part, you
1: know, um, yeah. and so I—that's I, I a lot of it. They grow up you, around not nice, right? Right, exactly. That, that's all. That's all they know. In fact, the story and I'm, also I'm, a sense of you know everything should be given to them, you know, because it's always been given to them. And well, when they true. don't get it, then
2: yeah, you know, that's yeah, just that's my true.
1: idea of it.
2: Well, I know partly it, it, for the young kids, it is a lot. And the way they're brought up, for an example, we, here in Pittsburgh, we have the story about uh, the stewards. Got Mike Vick, who, of course, had been con- convicted for uh, dogfighting and all that stuff. And, and, you know, the animal activists, when he came here, man, they, uh, they were all against him. They're very, un- you know, and a lot of animal lovers are very unforgiving, which I don't understand. I mean, I'm an animal lover myself. But here's the thing, in, in listening and in reading about Mike Vick's history in terms of violence regarding animals, that's what he grew up. That's what they all in his family. That's what they always think They did dogfighting all their life. It wasn't
1: considered wrong. Yeah, so I, that's so I what I'm thinking, talking about. You know, yeah. I am you grow up. Like, you go right. grow up in an environment filled with uh, violence, or uh, you know, uncle got arrested for drugs, or you know, this this nep- this nephew so over here he's, he's been shot dead. You buy a gang, and that's all they know. That's all they yeah, know. I mean, Me, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- you know, I, I th- I'm just. You know, I'm just—I was raised in a small rural Illinois community where you know everybody knew everybody. Everybody was you know looked for each other's kids, and we were all treated well and everything. We don't have—we don't have those feelings of I want to go out and kill somebody. You know, because I, we never—we yeah, weren't. raised that it's a, we
2: right. I, think it's that a way. Value, I think it's a value you grew up with, and if you grew up with a value that the only way you get ahead is, is you do violence, and that's what you're going to do um so i you know I for, I for me for myself i kind of like obviously i don't have a solution for what's happening in the world my solution is one-on-one you know if somebody has vital urges they can actually uh they can actually train themselves to become the master of those urges i mean i mean god i've had them in fact i, I mean a few times in my life i've broke out and you know got into a fight with somebody but but i you know but i realized that you know of course that that was not the way I wanted to go. I mean, that was not my long And long-term you knew that, balance.
1: you know, you knew if you hurt somebody, you would go to jail. Right.
2: You know, uh, but, but I think, I also think we have a poverty problem in the sense that this is just my thought and I could be wrong, but, but I think first off, you know, we seem to favor the criminals to some degree, you know, like if a person commits an act of violence, well, let's say it's violent, but, but he doesn't actually murder somebody, but still, he commits an act of violence. He may go to prison, but oftentimes when he goes to prison, he has a better life than he did out of prison. He has medical care. He has three meals a day. He has a clean place to sleep. You know, in other words, his physical environment in many cases is better. So part of the problem is that we have to take, we physically got to make sure that everybody has enough food, has a safe place to live, a, you know, a clean place. We don't do that. You know, we 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 spend too much money. This is where I am. We, with with the money we spend overseas in all these other countries, and all the money we invest in other countries, if we would invest that in taking care of our own people, I think. Oh yeah. Our, I think our people would be much happier, and I think oh, we yeah. would have less violence. Nobody
1: would go hungry, and nobody would go without their medication, and right. the schools would have plenty of money, and you know, old folks wouldn't you know be sacrificing to have something to eat. Well, and the other and, thing, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. It's, I don't support war. I I don't support it at all.
2: I, yeah, I, I saw I the Vietnam
1: it. War and it's like, you know, it's pointless. It's stupid. It's like well, if yeah, those people well, over yeah, there, they, you know, if, I mean, they, if that's I, yeah, all I they care they about is killing each other over there in the Middle East, let them kill each other. Let it go, you know. We can only oh, yeah. do so much.
2: Yeah, we can we yeah, that's the other thing. We can we cannot we cannot we cannot be the savior for other people's cultures. they need to save no. themselves. i mean i I believe in supporting people like if if they if say over in the middle east if if they are working to solve the problem, then I say let's help them solve the problem, but let's not contribute to the problem by going to war with them you know yes yeah.
1: that, that, yeah. that increases the yeah, power. I totally so. agree because they've been fighting for thousands of years exactly. over religion. And it's exactly. like, in, in my opinion, if you're if people are that stupid, you know, let them kill themselves. You know, let them blow themselves it's up.
0: Sad. What's so very sad is that there's organized thinking, organized religious thinking that is encouraging and behaving with their sects and groups that promote that sort of thing. And that um, not knocking any, any particular religion, but there are numerous verses in the Quran that, you know, basically say go and convert the to infidel or kill him. Which of course is anyone yeah. who is not Islamic, you know. And so there are verses right there that can easily be construed by these uh, militant uh, terrorist type uh, people to yeah. uh, justify their violence. And so you have whole cultures that are based on uh, the extermination, yeah, of, killing uh, the,
1: the infidel, people. and that's us. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. But, here, but here's the thing. For an example, I, this is the, I, I think we in our speech, and especially I'll tell you what. If you want to blame somebody that contributes to the violence, you blame the media. The media gives violence a lot of publicity.
1: You know, what would happen if the
2: publicity would start to... How many many times have you seen that somebody did a violent act and then posted pictures of it up on Facebook because of the publicity? See, if there's no payoff for committing violence, maybe people will stop committing violence. I don't know for sure. I don't know the answer. I just know the answer is on a one-to-one basis. For people that don't want to be violent, there are ways for them to manage their emotions. One of the things in school it's nobody teaches you how to manage your negative emotions. We don't have tab courses. You don't you don't get a scholarship for having a good set of emotions. You know, we treat our emotions like they're unimportant and yet our emotions are the cause of every problem that people have. It's people not Well, I'll tell you fingers. one
1: thing. When I was in school, if I got emotional or if right. I got upset or I got mad or if I showed my butt in class just acting out, right. I got put down pretty quick. You know, I came through the the system in the 50s and the 60s, and your teacher puts you down pretty quick, you know, and well, they take yeah. that out of you really quick. And well, I learned. I learned and, from and, it. And, you know, and I never did first. those things again. So, you know, we, win that win power, win.
2: we took that power away from teachers. Teachers can't do that stuff anymore because they're going to get their ass sued. You know, we've taken yeah. that power away from them. So, so yeah. I, I mean, I have, I have children that are teachers, and it's the toughest job in the world for them because their hands are tied all the time. But, you oh, know, yes. so, so I don't, you know, like I said, on, and the other problem, of course, we have is drugs, because drugs really screws over a person's mind. A person on drugs has no ability to, to not to be reasonable. You know, they just they don't have any ability. So, so, you know, so we have a government that that's the reason why this election is so, so intense and so conflicted. I don't know whether Trump is the answer. Hillary is certainly not the answer. I'm not thrilled with the choices we have for this election, but people are fed up. People want change. People yeah. want things to get better. Yeah.
1: I'm not uh, thrilled with the choices either, but the thing of it is well, in people that I talk to uh, in everyday life and people that I'm uh, on social network with and everything, right. most of them don't care. The, none of them watched any of the debates. I watched every one of them. I'm a 62-year-old woman. You know why? Right because this is probably the most important election of my lifetime because probably, i'm looking yeah. for you know i'm looking you know at social security you know and i'm looking for my medicare uh the right. insurance these are the things you know that i i am worried about you know and yeah, yeah, uh, no, I understand. but but I, but in interacting with people you know i post oh you know the uh, the democratic debate is on tonight who's watching and there might be one person which i in, I'm going to watch. The rest of them is like, no, no, I don't care. I don't give anything, you know, heck with that. You know, so, so many people, they don't care. They really don't. No, if it's not on their, know, if it's not on their phone, they don't care.
2: I think they do care, but I think they say they don't care because they don't feel, they don't feel like they have any power to change anything. It's like, you know, why, if my choice, here's, you know, that's one thing the things I don't understand. With the, the choices we have for president. Or never our choices. It's like two parties decide who you're going to vote for. It's like what you know. We don't get to choose the best person. And I don't think the best person runs because of the political system is well. It's it's not it's not serving the people. You know. So so what is the answer? I don't know. Well, I, for myself, what is the answer for
1: people? I don't. In, know. in my answer. opinion, I think right. the candidate. I think the president is chosen before the campaign ever even starts that's my opinion
2: well it could very well be you know it could very well be i mean obviously there it's are just, it's just it's the
1: are... political machine decides who they want and that's probably who it's going to be well, and i'm not was... talking about trump right well, this, well, you, they, well you i don't think that they, there's no way they'll let him in there there's no way they'll let him in there i really I don't guess... think there is
0: this is well, because what, he is just interesting...
1: so against the political machine Somehow or another, they they won't. He'd never get in the White House. I just don't believe that.
2: I, but I that's just no my opinion. Right. Well, I'm, but I have no idea. The truth is, I have no idea. I mean, it's uh, I worry. I do worry about him. And, you know, is he going to burn himself out, or is he, or some is some not going to do him in? I you know, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's But the thing is that the politics. The, the, our leadership could lead by a better example, and they don't. They could have a different conversation. They could have a more kind conversation. That you know, and I got to blame the media because the uh, the media doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of people that do a lot of really nice things, you know, a lot of good things. But the media does not publish that stuff if it's not about if it's not about no, violence or crimes no, or they gossip don't. or or. In fact, the, the media makes their money by making people get at each other's throats. That's what my experience is. Well, do I want to weigh in on that, that the media
0: point that, that you raised earlier. That you're raising again now, and that is the the historical relationship between media and violence in the United States. And I want to go all the way back to the 50s when there was another Frederick, his name was Dr. Frederick Wortham, who wrote a book that at the time was a bestseller and had influence on what was known as the Kefauver Senate hearings that were held to look into violence in comic books. And Dr. Frederick Hortham wrote this book, and it it was, at that time, aimed at the the very lurid uh, horror comics, which were popular in the 1950s. And, of course, many of us have seen those, read those, and and they did come back later on. But they resulted in the comics code, where now when you go and you buy a comic book uh, anywhere, there's a little stamp in there that, you know, this comic has been approved by the comics code. And certain subject matter was... was, uh, uh, at the corporation uh, cooperation of the big companies such as Marvel and DC, you know, who put out Superman, Spider-Man and all of them, they said, okay, we're going to cooperate. Just because we'll sell more comics if they get the code, and of course, if, if certain things are discussed, you know, such as drugs or drug use is shown or, or extreme violence of different kinds uh, occurs, uh, the lurid grizzly type of violence, and that comic doesn't get the code approval. And so to get around this, there were there were some black and white publications in the 60s. Uh, the Warren comics particular, Eerie and Creepy, and some of those, you probably remember those and you've seen them on the newsstands. It simply issued something that wasn't a comic book, therefore they should get around the code. Anyway, at that time, uh, Dr. Frederick Worson's theory was that there was a direct correlation between a uh, the lurid violence in comics and juvenile crime. And a lot of people, you know, uh, at that point, of course, the response was, well, let's not let the kids watch violence on TV. Let's not let the kids have access to these comic books. That was part of the societal response uh, at that time. Now, later on, as as violence on television increased, uh, there were more studies and more books that came out along the line of uh Attempting to correlate uh, between the, the amount of massive violence, not just in the Western TV shows, but then all the police TV shows that were so popular in the 60s and 70s and 80s on. And, you know, violence has always been very, very popular in the media, in American television. And you know the old news uh, adage: uh, if it leads if, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, in other words, the more graphic uh, the the news footage was for a long time there, then that's what they're going to lead with. And, and that is, it, it's sort of the ambulance chasing uh, um, mentality. That that's what that that whole. Uh, Media thing is, in other words, we're going we're to approach this because we we don't think people want to hear good news. We think they want to see the bad news. And so it's a, it's a form of sensationalizing of violence. It's a form of glorification of violence, and it's done in video games. And, again, when the Columbine Massacre, I'm sure you, you remember Dylan and Klebold, the two teenagers who went into the high school in Colorado and, and, and shot up so many people and then committed suicide themselves, they – uh, were very definitely addicted to violent video games. There were there were a couple yeah. of them in particular that they played over and over and over again. So there may. Yeah, I be, asked
1: my uh, nephew what what he thought about that at the time he was eighteen. And he said, "Jerry, it's these violent video games. I've never seen one." But he said, "You wouldn't believe, you know." He said, "They're just." I said, "Well, then, what makes you not want to go in and blow kids away in school?" And he goes, "He goes because I was taught better. I know better." You know, and I know that if I did something like that, you know, I'd be in prison for the rest of my life or dead. But you know, some people I guess can handle those kind of things, and some people can't. And once well, you
0: yeah, I, yeah, the I just, teaching, go
2: ahead. No, I, I agree. Some people can, and some people can't. But I, I think if we're going to solve this problem, it, the government has got to take the lead, and not in the terms of trying to stop stuff. I I think the focus is wrong. See, they're focused on ending drugs rather than focus on people being happy. You know, they're they they focus on don't wants rather than do wants. You know, uh, if if there if for an example, there are prisons in other countries where they really treat the prisoners like human beings. Yes, it's committed crimes and some horrible crimes but they don't treat them like dogs. They, they, the whole purpose of being in prison is to develop an attitude of, of, of kindness, I guess, as opposed to violence. Our prison system develops more violence. It does not develop kindness. Um, we, we don't have that in our culture, in our governmental culture. Uh, yeah, they say it we, have,
1: we have more criminals uh, incarcerated than any other country in the world.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, true. We we do, and and so now I you know we need somebody that's going to step up to the plate and say we we need to overhaul the whole system. You know we we need first off we need we need to find out why people are doing. It. We need to talk to these kids, these eighteen year old kids are going to get. We need to talk and to say why do you want to kill people? We don't know that. We don't live in their heads. We don't live in their but we don't know yeah. what goes on. You know, it, and it,
1: I mean you know some people are just deranged. You know, well you're, some you're, people okay. are you know just yes, deranged.
2: You're, you're, you have a percentage of people that are, uh, you're always going to have that percentage. I don't know how you separate them out from the group. but in terms of the, of the culture of the culture of violence, it's like until people have alternatives that allow them to live the life they want, alternatives to getting what they want without violence. See people, violence is in, in the minds of people who are violent, it's a solution to a problem. Violence is a solution to a problem. Now granted. There are many better solutions to yeah. problems than violence, but in, in yeah, the, to to stress. the
1: average person, violence is uh, your last resort. You know.
2: Well, I, uh, to the average, I don't know that that's true anymore. I I think.
1: I, I said mean, the I average person, yeah, 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 somebody no, like me, said. violence yeah, yeah. would be my last resort. Someone would have to break down my back door and come in before I would get my gun.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I would have my gun knowing they were
1: on the property, but I wouldn't shoot anybody until they broke down my back door and came in. That would be my last resort. Right. And I would be vindicated in in that respect. Exactly. Well I you know, others others are just I don't know. I I don't know I don't understand it at all why they're well they feel the need that they have to go in and blow away their school friends, you know. Yes. To me Uh, that's 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 crazy Even
0: road rage on, on, the, on the freeways, you know, there's been road rage all over the country too that has been a real problem where people just simply lose their temper and it escalates, you know, just because yeah. someone cut in front of them or, or maybe bumped their car or just some minor thing gets escalated to the level of violence. You mm-hmm. hear a report about that almost every week somewhere in the nation. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is that people are not responsible for their emotions. That's one of the problems we have. People are not responsible for what they feel. And so if, as long as you're not responsible for what you feel, then what you're going to do is react to a situation. And so if, if you're, you know, so if somebody pisses you off, you just react. You're a reaction machine.
1: And some people are taught how to handle that, exactly. you know, in school or at home or whatever. Right. It's like, you know, like I was telling you before, you know, I was like I'd get mad or upset in class or something, and the teacher would be on you. And it's like, now, you know, you don't do that again. Or your parents got wind of it, and you didn't do that again. So you learned how to sit in your chair and keep your mouth shut. But that's other true. people aren't taught that now, I guess.
2: Well, I, I think that's part of it. It's, I think one of the problems with solving a problem is that we, we think it's so large. And it is, if you try to solve it for the world. See, I, I I For myself, it's like my job is to be as kind as I can to as many people as I can. And by my example, other people will see that is a value. Now, I'm not going to solve the problems of the world, but maybe my attitude no. of kindness and maybe my attitude of love will save one person from being a violent person. So, it, in fact, I just read something today that one of, I think uh, one, of, one of the gurus from Asia talked about that people who hurt people are hurting. That's why they hurt people. In other words, if you're not hurting, you don't hurt people. So so they so what the guy said he says more violence is not the answer he says more compassion is He says why you know you would never feel the urge to kill someone or to hurt someone if you were not hurting yourself so how do we reach these people that are hurting them? I don't know our governments don't have the answer our government spent a lot of money no. to get no results I mean our, gov- yeah. our government should so they're, they're in the
1: process now of trying to change over uh, the tactics of the police you know. In everything, every aspect of you know what they're doing, uh, you know how they approach people and how they how they deal with people, and you know instead of pulling a gun and shooting someone, and you know it's I've heard where you know a lot of places, uh, even small communities and everything, they're you know they're totally trying to like after the Ferguson thing, they're right. tra- totally trying to change the way they approach uh, people now. And I are, maybe if I'm, I'm that just, makes a difference, curious. maybe it will. I don't know.
2: Well, it, it may or it may not. But I will tell you, we're, we're, you know, we're, from a technological standpoint, we're a smart enough country. Can we not create bullets that just put people to sleep and doesn't kill them? I mean, can we not create bullets to do that? I mean, if we're
1: smart enough, yeah. But the thing make... of it is, if I'm standing on the other side yeah. of your gun and I have a gun. And you're shooting a, bu- a a blank bullet at me. I've still got a gun, so they're going to have to take them no, down no, one way talking, or I'm another.
2: About, no, I'm not talking about blank. I'm talking about having a bullet that immediately knocks a person unconscious. Doesn't mm-hmm. kill them. Doesn't, doesn't 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 you know doesn't do severe damage to them, but immediately renders them unconscious.
0: Something so, like a tranquilizer dart that they use on animals.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or a taser or a taser if you can get or, that close. Yeah, but, but yeah, so you know.
2: I mean, I don't. I I think, yeah. I think the police have a really hard job these days. I they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. I mean, we, we have. To that's with, true. Yeah, we to welcome. Our,
1: true.
0: I welcome a new caller to the show. Of, good evening, Northeast Texas. Good evening. How are you this evening? Wonderful. Our guest tonight is Frederick Spohn of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we are discussing the causes and the way to end solutions uh, for violence. So if you'd like to make a comment or a question, feel free to join in. Thank you. Okay, Frederick, what do you think are some of the solutions that could be implemented uh, within our society to, to better address all, all of this?
2: Well, I don't know what they're doing in the school system, but certainly starting early in the school system in, in grade school, you know, educating people, educating the kids about how to deal with violence. How to deal with their, their desire? for Because because those are primitive urges. I mean, we're born with that desire. I mean, if it wasn't for our violent urges, we would still be cavemen. So education is a big part of it. What the overall answer is, uh, I don't know. I just do my part on a one-to-one basis. And I do know that the people who love themselves sufficiently had no desire to harm another. And I also agree with, uh, with Cheryl, I believe. Is it Cheryl? Is it Cheryl, is that your name? Cherry. Cherry, yeah, okay. I also agree with Sherry, Sherry what she says that, you know, violence is the last resort. It's like I, I, I have no desire to get into a violent confrontation with, with anybody about anything. But obviously, if it's push comes to shove and somebody's going to do me in, I'm going to do, do my best to protect myself. I mean, that's natural. But that's the very last resort. So I, I, what the big picture is, I, it, it's part of it's education. Part of it is showing people that there's another answer. There's another option to getting what people want. I mean, as I said, violence, people see violence as a solution to a problem. So if that, if that's so, then we need to give them other options to solve their problem. Uh, what is it? Go ahead.
1: Well, what Sorry. I was going to say was, um uh, the only thing that I had, one thing that I've learned in my 62 years, I'm, I was a product of, uh, World War Two. Uh, my dad was a, uh, Air Force, uh, officer. And, uh, So, you know, there was that war, and then I saw Vietnam, and now, you know, this mess. Right. And the only thing that I can figure in all of that is man is a warring creature. And I think man will always be a warring creature. It's just like you said before, it's in our genes. Well, it's
2: partly evolution of man. It's it's kind of like somebody pointed out to me one time that – Back, they used this example, it said, back in the days of the caveman, it was considered a good to, you know, pop your neighbor over the head to pr- to protect your home and, and protect your family. But as awareness grew, we began to realize there are better ways. And I think that's the problem. We realize that there are better solutions than violence. We just don't have the solutions
0: yet. I mean,
1: yeah. you know. We're still we, stuck in caveman.
2: Yeah, we're still, right. Basically. And, and, you know. And a lot of us, grew up, how many of us grew up thinking cowboys and, you know, we played cowboys and Indians, and we thought the Indians were really bad Oh, yeah, people. I did, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'd run around with realized, cap guns, guns and everything, but I never felt the desire to shoot anybody. That's right. all I watched on television was Western shows back in the late 50s and early 60s. That's all that was on, Gunsmoke, Cimarron, and all those, you know, that's that's all I saw growing up was cowboys and Indians and guns. but it never entered my mind to kill somebody.
2: Yeah. It's well, as I said, you know, people kill because of this, a solution to a problem. It's a short term solution because the, because it creates other problems, obviously. I mean, as soon as you kill someone, you become on, you know, you become on the wanted list with the police and then, and it goes from there and it gets worse. And, um, but, but it's also, I think it's an, it's an emotional reaction. We, we don't, as I said, we we give awards for good intellects, but we don't give awards or scholarships for good emotions. We uh, you know we treat emotions like they're some kind of enemy. You know we, uh, I, I it, it's just amazing what we do. I mean we 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 sedate emotions, we medicate emotions. Uh, you know, we, there's no room. Yeah, in, there's a lot of
1: medication now. A lot right. of medication. So many people that, you know, I interact with on Facebook, they're all on these antidepressants or Zoloft or, you know, you name it. Several of them I know, they're on lithium, and that's pretty potent stuff, you know. And so we've become a country that, you know, people are just, well, they're fried, basically. Well, the pharmaceutical
0: uh, industries are cleaning up on this, and the pharmaceutical industries are pushing this drugging of America. You know, the prescription drug problem is probably, truth be known, way more up than the illegal drug problem, but, of course, it's covered because it's your 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 middle-class housewife, you know, who's going to the doctor and getting her prescription for Xanax or what have you, whatever the particular drug that the pharmaceutical company at the moment might be pushing. And, uh, you know, 20 years ago, it was some type of barbiturate or tranquilizer or whatever, and, you know, you were having the problems back then of people ODing and, and what have you? But I, w- I would say that nationwide there is that rampant uh, pharmaceutical uh, problem of addiction to pharmaceutical drugs.
1: Well, I was just at my doctor's last week, and I had a, a, a minor uh, procedure done, and uh, I've had it done before, and you know there was no pain with it. Uh, but uh, that was the first thing that the the girl, the assistant girl, asked me. She goes, uh, "What kind of uh, uh, pain medicine do you want?" She said, Do you want hydrocodone or what? And I said, Well, you know what? I've still got the bottle left from last time that I didn't take any of it. And I said, I don't think I need it. But it was just, it would have been that easy for me to get it and continue to get it. But, you know, I'm smart enough to know that I don't need that. So I, why take it? But, you know, it's just so available in our country
2: oh yeah i mean there's there's no question about it i you know for myself, in terms of solving a violence problem, I think it's a one on one i think it's a i think I think if every family took care of their family, we would have less violence and I've had many conversations with my kids and with my grandkids about violence and about how to deal with those kind of emotions. Uh, I don't think we ha- the families have enough of those conversations um, but also, if you live in a in a poverty stricken neighborhood and I don't know for sure, but this is just my opinion. If the if if the culture you grow up in is that there's never enough that you know that you don't have enough food to eat you don't you can't get enough medicine if you're sick and and if you if you're brought up to believe that this race is bad or that race is bad or the cops are bad or whatever then all of a sudden you grow up in a what I call a siege mentality culture where you see enemies everywhere and so you live yeah. out of a, a, out of a fear uh, 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 mentality. Uh, it, and that's I mean, what they're
1: living with on the streets all the time.
2: Oh, absolutely! I mean, absolutely! And 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 and, and they're and, you know the peer pressure has is, is got to be enormous. Um, you know, there's, because we all want the same thing. We want acceptance. We want to yeah. be understood. And if and when and when kids aren't understood, they will go wherever they are understood. And if it's with a, a group of violent people, that's where they will go. Um, but I, I think, uh, again, the, from my standpoint, the, the, I, there's no universal solution I know of. If I, if I knew the universal solution, I would already be president. I certainly don't know that solution. <laughs> uh, but I certainly believe on, on a one-to-one basis uh, that uh, if you love yourself enough, you have no desire to harm other people. And, and I, I think a lot of the violence comes from the feeling of hatred. You know, if if, if I hate somebody, well, if and, I... Well, and certain people...
1: Uh, certain people, you know, like like I said, the people that I was surrounded with growing up, and even right. now, they're all loving, caring, kind people. They feel empathy for other people. They feel sorry, you know. Like uh, there was a couple of kids that were killed from my hometown just the other night, and the the entire family, or I'm sorry, the the entire town is grieving. You know, and but so many people are not raised that way to empathize with others. And I think that's got a lot to do with it, too. You know, if you have no feelings or anything for anyone, you know, except yourself, you know.
0: It's right back to the environment in which you're raised and to what you're being taught. And if those immediately around you. Your significant others, you know, whether it's a mom or a grandma or a stepmom or an older brother, or maybe you're in a broken home, and there seems to be a direct correlation between criminal behavior, especially criminal violent criminal behavior, and uh, being raised in a broken home. Many of the kids, for example, in the inner city that do join gangs and engage in violent behavior and drive-bys and all of this... Oftentimes, the mom has multiple children, and there's no father figure in that home. This is something yeah. that is, can be statistically borne out. This, this has come up over and over again. So they're yeah. they're not it, receiving Well, and
1: that. It, it, it it happens over and over again. It's just generation after generation after generation.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, that's that's. I mean, certainly that's part of it. I mean, we we have it's carried on from generation to generation. And so the problem is not going to get resolved overnight. So the other, no. the other thing is that I think that this, it's it's been, it's always, I think it's always been this bad. The difference is we have instant news these days because of the social media, because of Twitter, because of Facebook. I mean, you grew up when, when I grew up, we didn't have Facebook. And we didn't have Twitter. And so if something happened in Chicago, I wasn't going to find out about it until a week later. And now you find
1: yeah.
2: out. Yeah, we found is,
1: out on the nightly news from uh, Uncle Walter. You know, right,
2: right. You know, so so part of that is that the, we do have a siege mentality. We 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 think all this bad stuff is happening all at once between our ears, and and yet if you really kind of look at the numbers statistically, and because, because the news is only going to they're only going to share with they're not going to share how many acts of kindness were done today in in, in your city. They are not yeah. going to report that. So so what happens is when you hear the news, you you get this feeling that, that all there is is violence. But the truth is, at any given time in the world, at any given time, 90% of the people are getting along. 90% statistically, yeah. 90% of the people are getting along. But it doesn't feel that way because of the way violence is uh, glorified in this society.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's gonna, the media it to me is like let's let's scare America to death that's well, that's just my yeah, idea, yeah that's, it's kind of it kind of throws back to the old i don't know what you would call them but the old news where you know that was the way everything was reported was that everything was just horrible and terrible and scary, well, and you know they I went into graphic to. detail and stuff, you know, and I, uh, love I love think to. that's what.
0: T p territorial here, Terry, but if you keep your population upset all the time, that's going to send them straight to, to getting some kind of pill to calm them down. So, I mean, it would, yeah. be, would be the advantage of the pharmaceutical company for, for the general public to be in a state of unrest all the time because you can sell them more drugs. I mean, that just makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And I agree, yeah.
2: Yeah, there's uh, – I mean, there are answers out there, but people have to want – there has to be a will for it. And we definitely have a will for change. I mean, that's the reason why Trump is where he is today. Uh, You know, whether, whether you like say, whether you like him or not, he, he represents a voice for many people uh, that have never had a voice before. You know, now what he does, if he becomes elected and what he does as president, I have no, we we don't know until he gets in there. Am I concerned about him being a bad president? If he gets elected, no, because he's going to have to deal with the Congress and the Senate and, and, and. He's definitely gonna be overnumbered in that case. <clears throat> but 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 the message is loud and clear. We're tired of politics as usual. We don't want more liars or cheats. We don't want people filling their own pockets. Uh whether Trump is the man I I, I don't know. Do we have any other choices? Uh all we got in front of us are Sanders and, and that and we don't know where he stands until that convention is over. I mean obviously he's not winning right now. But the choices we're given are Trump and Hillary and and Sanders, and one of those people are going to be probably. It, 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 well, I don't know. We won't know until the until the to the um, conventions come up exactly who who our candidates are going to be. But but we want change. We want a better nation. We want a less violent nation. We want to get our nose out of. I mean the. The majority of people that I talk to, they're they sick and tired about saving everybody else's ass. We've we've spent so much of our resources trying to save every other country that we're ruining our own country.
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I agree there. I,
2: so I don't know, you know, so we need to start t- taking better care of our own people. We need to... Yeah. And, I was driving,
1: just to, just to give you an idea, yep. our infrastructure is just dying here. I'm in rural Illinois, and I was on the highway the other day. It was uh, Route 130. Uh, here in Charleston, Illinois, and I noticed that the edge of the road was just gone. It's just gone. And, you, you know, we've not seen any road repair, nothing in this area. But, of course, up in Chicago, it's 24 hours a day up there. They're they're yeah. doing infrastructure repairs 24 hours a day up there. And down here, we get nothing, nothing at all. And our bridges are in bad shape. I mean, Everything is. The roads are falling apart, and as far as we know in Illinois, there's no money to fix them, but there sure seems to be a lot of money for Chicago where they're constantly fixing that whatever it is up there, that,
0: yeah. that tollway or whatever Americans it is. Are, are you know, they spend of, yeah. millions of
1: dollars a day on that, but you know, in a way, you know, that's, you know that's not fair either. To just watch you know our infrastructure crumble around us, and you know I know that they have to continue to keep doing stuff because there's so much traffic up there, but you know something's wrong when you can't even get the sides of your roads fixed, and these are you know main highway roads, you know something's wrong
2: well, yeah, I mean, we definitely have that well that's what this whole election is about. People are fed up they you know they know things can be better than they are, they're not uh. I think a lot of the violence is, is coming out of frustration. Um, you know, the people don't know how to communicate with each other. They don't know how to solve problems in a in a in a rational way. Uh, there's a lot of uh, probably selfishness and greed going on. Um, you know, I was brought I was you know I was brought up I, to believe that you know part of life is taking good care of other people. If you take good care of other people, they'll take good care of you. Uh, yeah and that that 's what I try to do in my own life yeah. i don 't have the answer for other people what my answer to violence is is to love yourself more It, it starts with you you can 't love other people you can 't love people different than yourself you can 't even have compassion for people that have values completely different than yourself if you don 't love and accept yourself I mean you have to love and accept yourself if, if mm-hmm. you want to accept people that are totally different than yourself uh, i can 't the other thing is you can 't can't change a person's personality they if I, if they're if they have a violent personality that will not change unless they want to change it and so that's that, you know that's always the thing it's like if a person wants to change they will but we're not gonna, but you can't you can't i think what the government tries to do is they try to legislate morality and all we have been doing is creating more damn problems like this whole thing i this is this is kind of like in part of the bigger picture like what all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we had this transgender bathroom problem. Where the hell did that come from? You know, I mean. Yeah, and the it, thing look, of it
1: is, we've probably been going to the bathroom for years with transgender yeah, in there. Yes, and we run didn't run even from, know it. We didn't years. even I mean, know it, you know. And exactly, I was never exactly. harmed. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I have one oh. thing to say about that. If okay. I have to go to the bathroom, you, I don't care who's in there. You better get out of my way. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Well. You know, I don't care. I understand.
2: We got, you got to go to the bathroom. You got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
1: I got to go. But, you, but, you're a 62-year-old woman. What, you better get out of my way. Yeah, you know, it's, that's what I don't
2: understand. Where does that problem come from? You know, it's, it's and I think, so I think we have a government, and I think. Yeah, I think a lot media, of that's
1: just the media. That's the media. The
2: media creates problems because, because see, if they don't create problems, nobody's going to buy their news and listen to them. And then, of course, of course, the other thing I have against the media is they skew stuff. I don't know how many times I've, re- I, oh, here's a good one. I, I just saw this headline. "says thirty eight thirty-eight 38 celebrities you did not know that died. Okay, that's kind of intriguing, right? 38 celebrities that died that you don't know. Well, I read the list. Well, I knew every damn celebrity that died. It's like if they hadn't had that headline, I wouldn't read it. But it was misleading yeah. because how many people did not know that Robin Williams died? How many people did <laughs> not know that Bruce Lee was dead? I mean, these are people that are saying that, so, so uh, I guess that's the thing. We we don't we don't have straight. <laughs> if the Indians were right about anything, if white men speak with forked tongue, yes, they do. You know, <laughs> I, I think I think that's part of the problem is that people don't talk straight. They talk bullshit. You know, uh, it, I don't know why people are afraid to be honest, but it's like, hey, just be straight, and you can you can be kind and be straight in terms of your conversation with people. You don't have to bullshit people or, or, or dance, you know, or, or, or mess with their heads. Uh, so I, th- I think... But some
1: people is- are just like that. Well,
2: some there are people, people are like just that. like that. But I think we also yeah. have a choice individually whether we're going to keep those people in our lives or not. You know, I prefer not to keep people in, in my life who lie to me, who mistreat me. I mean, it's a form of self-abuse. If you, if you tolerate people in your life that are mistreating you, then what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to be abused. And, 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 and if you're being abused, you're going to start to feel violent. That's the reason why you can't afford, if you love yourself, you cannot afford to keep uh, people who abuse you in your life. Uh, so I, yeah. I think this whole thing of any well, violence is
1: that's the one great. thing that my, my folks told me. They taught me to be independent. They taught me the value of a dollar. And they said, y- you take care of yourself. You're number one. And that's the way that I've lived all of my life. But yet, I can still help people. I help my nephews buy their vehicles. Uh, you know, I've helped people through the years uh, at different times, and it's. Uh, I don't even know what I was going to figure. I was going to say. Once well, you
0: uh, were self worth, and self worth is, is is directly connected to self love. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's like you know, you know, you ha- like you said you. You have to learn to love yourself, but yet not enough to where you're the only one that matters. You know, I mean, you have to have, I was taught a lot of empathy, have the empathy and sympathy for other people. You know, uh, to be sad when someone lost a family member or whatever. But so many people, and I'm not saying what groups I'm talking about, but so many people are not taught that and have absolutely no empathy for anyone else. None. And I've well, seen it firsthand. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that's true. But, but, but again, and I mean, those are I mean, the ones.
1: Those are the ones I believe that are going out and walking up to police cars and just popping caps in their head. They have well, absolutely no empathy, nothing for anyone but themselves.
2: Well, I mean that may be true, it, it, and it may be that they live in such terror. I mean, I guess the thing is that what cause, you know what causes people to be violent. I think fear causes people to be violent. I think people uh, afraid that they're going to be harmed causes them to be violent. Uh, you know, fear causes a lot of crazy things. One of the problems we have with, uh, with the cops is, you know, we don't have much empathy for cops. The news media doesn't. They're always taking the side of the criminal. Not in all cases, but quite, quite a few. And, yes, the, you know, there the are bad cops. I'm not denying that. But the point is that nobody, you know, lives in the – in other words, we all should put ourselves in the shoes of the other person. I would not want to be a cop these days. I would not want to go out on a oh, call no. where, where there's guns being in, in, in play. Because quite frankly, I don't care how well I'm trained. If I'm a cop, I'm still going to be scared shitless. And I'll probably do something stupid because I'm scared. Because that's where most of the stupid things happen is when people are scared, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so we just, as a as a society, as communities, as families, we just need to talk more about this thing, about the violence. We you know We need to express our opinions. I, I think over time, if enough people are talking about it, then the solutions will show themselves for the family, or for the uh, community, or for the city. Uh, but but it's 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 something that we individually and collectively will solve. Uh, it's not going to get solved by any one person. It's not going to get solved by the government. Uh, working together will solve it. That that it, so it's it's a team effort. It really is a team effort. <laughs>
0: And just like you're doing, Frederick, it really is a one person at a time thing. Be kind to one person at a time. Love yourself one person at a time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, that's that's my attitude. I mean, I, I try to do as much good every day as I can. I try to be kind. Oh, and believe me, there are t- there are many incidences where I, you know, there's. A, we all have this critical part of us. It's like they want to say what, they, they get the urge to strangle the shit out of someone, but. I've learned to, uh, what I've learned to do, I have learned to process my reactions privately and then respond appropriately. In other words, see, I know that if I have a reaction to somebody and I react to them, they're going to react back to me and it's going to escalate. So I don't want that to happen. So I don't want a bad attitude to escalate. So I, whatever my problem is, whatever my emotional upset is, it's mine to solve. You know, I don't take it out on the other person because, no, you know, the moment you take it out on another person, it starts to escalate. That's what road rage is all about. Something happens and, uh, you know, the guy gets out of the car and he starts yelling and then the other guy gets scared and he starts yelling. The next thing you know, somebody's pulling a gun and then it goes from bad to worse, you know. Um,
0: so, Somebody once gave the, me a very, very good piece of advice that fits right in with what you're saying, Frederick, and they said if you feel yourself getting angry... Count to ten and stop and think about it before you say or do anything. I think that was very good advice. Yeah.
1: Oh absolutely. I I was I was taught I was taught that, you know, if you have words with someone, don't raise your voice, don't lose your temper, just talk in a very calm, easy style. And it has worked all of my life. Anytime that I got into an argument or something with someone or something happened, you know, I would just turn to him and say, now, look, you know, we need to talk about this or this or that or whatever. But I didn't raise my voice. I didn't yell. I didn't scream, even if the other person did. Right. And there were many times that you could see that it was going to escalate, so I would just turn and go into my boss's office where it was taken care of, you know. Yeah. But other people, you know, can't do that.
2: Well, I I I, you know, I don't know whether they can or they can't do it. I I think I think if people have always gotten their way by being a bully, then they're going to continue to be a bully. So you got you got to figure out how to stop people from being a bully without, you know, without an eye for an eye. You know, uh, for myself, well, you know, in, in terms of, of verbal stuff, I don't argue with people ever because that yeah, that will always either. escalate. Yeah, that will always escalate to something bad. Uh, so I really trained myself not to argue with people because not, there's no winners in an argument ever, you know. Uh the other thing is that if somebody is upset, generally it's because they feel invisible or they don't feel heard. And that's what my experience has been. If somebody is upset, they either don't they either feel invisible or they don't feel heard. So I make it a real effort to try to listen to people from their point of view, you know for example, when we talk about violence, I don't see, I I. It, I, I am so, I, I have such a hard time with violence in the sense I don't understand it as a solution because that's not the way I was brought up. That's not what I believe. That's not how I act. So So I would have to talk to someone who believes in violence to understand why they think that way. And I don't know that I've seen any interviews or any conversations. I, Rich, if you could ever find someone that is a is a violent person who would really become on your and have a discussion about their, why they are violent, why they, why they do violence. I don't know how, if we could do this anonymously or what, because I I'd certainly like them to feel safe to do that. I would love to talk to that person to understand why they do violence. Uh, because you can't solve a problem if you don't understand why the problem exists in the first place. So if you ever find someone that's willing to come up and talk about why they live a violent life, I would be glad to be part of that conversation.
0: And that would indeed be a very fascinating conversation.
2: So if we, can, if we can pull that off someday, if there's somebody out there that's into violence and believes in violence and would like to talk about it, contact Rich, and then we'll schedule a show and we'll have a discussion. Uh, the ground rules is we don't... Well, do I may it. just have to
1: turn violent so I can do that. <laughs> I
0: guess, oh, Rich would like is,
1: that, would you, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> We have
0: about yes. two minutes left on our show. Uh, do you have any final uh, remarks, suggestions, advice that you would just give to, to the audience uh, in general, uh, Frederick, in terms of, of things that we can do individually to to help uh, alleviate this problem of violence?
2: Well, I, I, I certainly think talking to each other about it is important. I mean, see, it's on our minds. People worry about it. People have fears about it. So people should talk to each other about violence because what happens it starts to have a ripple effect if you're talking about violence to solve violence that begins the process but to to live in fear of violence just actually contributes to violence you know every neighborhood that I know every every place i mean we had a few years ago we had a case here where across the street where, where a guy got murdered because some 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 raging ex-husband took offense to the relationship with the wife and the guy came and we, was right in Plain view because this it, 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 this got away from the guy well it started we that created a lot of conversations in the neighborhood about violence and so and what happened out of that is neighbors who did not know we we now know our neighbors better than we ever did. in other words, it was a very bad thing that happened that we had a neighbor killed, but because of that we we know each other really well, and we protect each other, we watch out for each other, you know we if, if, there's, if we see anything strange, we notify each other. So, so we've created a better community because of it, and I guess that's the thing. If, if there's violence in the community, then the community has to come together, and they have to talk, and, and 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 develop patterns of living that makes the neighborhood safer. Do I have a? I don't have any definitive, you know, uh, answers for anybody. Other than if you love yourself, you're not going to want to do violence to anyone. That's uh, that's the only answer I have. And, and and for those that don't, like I said. I I I think I'm going to make that a priority. I want to talk to someone who lives by the sword. I want to understand that mentality because I can't. I had no right to even give advice on the subject if I don't understand that mentality. So that's that's my next goal to find someone who will talk to me about why they live a violent life. So that's well, that's where I am today.
0: We'll definitely work on that for a future show. Frederick Spohn, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight, and if you'll take a moment to. Uh, Tell our listeners of the names of your books and where they can find them.
2: Uh, yeah, if you go to amazon.com and you type in the name Frederick Zephone, you'll see my three books. One is called Love is All I Know. The second book was called 299 Life Insights from the Wizard. And then the third book is uh, More Life Insights from the Wizard. And then my, my website is uh, lovesolvesall.com. And that's where I have my self love program. So you can go and check it out. And if you have any questions, uh, Uh, Let me know, and you can find me on Facebook, too, if you want to find me there.
0: Frederick Zapone, listeners, I want to thank you for listening and everyone who called in. Thanks for calling. And again, Frederick Zippone, thanks for being our guest tonight. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good
2: night.